Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God Go ahead and jump in. Um, so this is the last time we're going to be speaking on pots, and some of you are like, "Yay!" So we we do this thing we call pots, which is prayers of the season. P O T S. We take it from Revelation five eight, where it talks about there are bowls in heaven, and after a certain amount of prayer, it's like God answers the prayers after the bowl's full. We've been doing this for a year. We've had two seasons of pots, and we've seen God really work in all of them. There's not one I'm like, "What about this, God?" Huh? It's not, nothing like that's happening. This is the last one, and this one's called Next Steps because we felt, we felt a good tension maybe like six months ago about the place we were at, and we're just realizing like um, we're growing, our kids' ministry's growing, finances are growing, um, we're really craving discipleship, we're really wanting people to grow in the Lord and not just be about a service. Um, there's too many really great services in Atlanta that you can attend. So we, we really want to be good at like helping people grow in the Lord. And so we put this on here, and we really want to go after God for this. And so when you start talking about next steps, some of the first things that come to mind, and I've talked to a friend about this in here, is the passage that I preached on maybe a year and a half ago, um, Proverbs 29, 18, where it says, um, where there is no vision, the people perish. And I think a lot of churches have done a really big disservice to people about this, making you feel like you have to have a 20-year plan. And there's really more of like this American model of advancement involved in that than really like this dependency on the Lord. Really, that passage is talking about revelation for a certain group of people for a certain time where you're dependent on the continual flow of the, re the revelation. It's not so much like, here's what you're going to do with your life, and then bye, see you in heaven, have fun. It's not that, which is what we do, and even as a pastor, like in church Mecca of the world, where we have the most massive churches and the biggest influencers, really in America or here in Atlanta, a lot of them, that's kind of some of the vision is here's what we're going after in the next 10 years, here's our 20 years. And if you're one of those guys, that's okay. But if that's keeping you from dependency on the Lord daily, 
then I would just go ahead and say, in a loving way, trash it. In the most loving way possible, just fold it up and put it in the trash can. Because that's the purpose. Your dependency on the Lord. That's huge. Like, if you're not dependent on the Lord, then you're the guy doing it. And you're not great at stuff, even the greatest of stuff in here. We're just not super awesome at accomplishing God things. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's what I love about the Word. With the Spirit that Sarah was talking about, it becomes this interplay with community, the Spirit, the Word, to where it creates this like thirst and hunger for a desire daily to be in communion with the Father. Generations cried out for that. We have it. Generations cried out that we would be able to commune with the Father and He would be present with us. We're not talking about a guy that just did something 2,000 years ago, or that's coming back on some type of horse that's super cheesy looking and white. And we're not just doing that. We're talking about Emmanuel Jesus that in this season inserts himself into our lives, and we learn to walk in rhythm with him. That's a gift, right? So forgive me and other guys for preaching sermons about having a 20-step plan to spiritual fruitfulness. I don't want that. I do crave, though, I do crave that our church would be a fruit-producing church. I think that's the model. If you're talking about when discipleship is clicking on all cylinders, the fruit of God is being produced to a group or a person. The fruit is coming. You can either see it or you can't. You know, Some of the passages in Matthew talks about sometimes you even look at fruit and it looks like fruit and then you get closer and you're like, oh, that's not, even, that's not fruit. What is that? For, also, forgive me and other churches for doing that, for building something that's not God's. And making an empire. We've been good at that as Christians. And I just I have this like loving voice that I continually hear from the Father. Slow down. It's okay to slow down. It's okay to just slow down and rest and be with the Father. It's okay to learn how to hear his voice and not know how. It's okay to have no clue how to hear the voice of God. And it's also okay to sit with him until you start to understand. Was that God... It's okay to be like, was that God? I had a banana in that vision. Is that God? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay to struggle. It's okay to read a passage of scripture and be like, what? The what? He zapped people and killed them for taking offering? He did that in the New Testament. We're not just talking about old stuff. I'm not just bringing up old stuff. New Testament, Ananias and Sapphira. It's okay to read that and be like, what is happening? It's okay to have these huge questions because those things create this idea of dependency that we have to stay in communion with him because we're clueless. And we think we know, but our plans compared to his are not good. So today, I just genuinely really desire for you guys in our church that we'd be a fruit-producing church. I have, no, I have no clue what kind of fruit, and it's not my job to know, right? You can see other churches in their fruit. You can see other people in their fruit. You can't copy fruit, right? It's like getting an apple off an apple tree and like walking over here at home being like, being like, this is my, I'm, I'm an apple producer. And then like in a week, the apple, you probably ate it, but if you didn't, it's disgusting, right? That's a little bit what it's like when you try and produce fruit that God's trying to produce. You have no idea. Some of you don't even know what kind of tree you are. You don't even know what kind of fruit you produce. Some of you need to know that you, God's never wanted you to be an apple tree. You're actually a pear tree. Do pears grow on trees? You're actually a pear tree or a cherry, vi, divine, cherry vines. Trees. 
See, you guys are staying with me. Olive branches, biblical, see? But some of you, like, you're stuck in this spot where you don't know how to become an apple, and it's even okay to be stuck in that spot if you're willing to do it in his presence. I don't know what I am. I think, I don't, well, how good would it feel to know that you can relieve the stress of trying to become something you're not even supposed to become? Wouldn't that feel great? What if you're a type of fruit nobody's ever even seen? See what I'm saying? I don't know. Got an amen on that. That's cool. (laughs) Not super tweetable, but all right. So I want to talk to you about what Jesus thought about this, about churches focusing on what they're going to accomplish in the future, right? So I'm going to read to you John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17. Um, This is going to be in the NASB because it's superior to all of your versions, but... Other than that, I'm just kidding. I really do like NASB, ESV, if you guys have those. But I'm going to read it to you from this so it's in line. Um, So here we go. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Before you go ahead and make your conclusions about what that actually means, that he is trying to take you nasty branches who deserve to be punished, before you do that, this is more talking about in that line, if you're not connected, it's fruitless, and it's really pointless. So in this culture, they would literally choose that wood to burn It's not trying to reiterate to all of you that you're all evil and going to hell, okay? Don't hear that voice through this passage. This is a voice of a loving father trying to draw people into communion with him. But useless branches, spirituality aside, we don't typically like show those off unless you're like a trendy modern artist from Atlanta who has a a wall full of dead wood art. And that's probably cool for you, but in this case, they just burn it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Have I read this one yet? I'm going to read this one now. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Another disclaimer. That's a big one. It does not say pray whatever you want and I'm giving it. Okay? You need to know that. It's his stuff. If you're praying in line with what he wants and you're connected to him, it's going to happen. And it might not happen the way we think it, but that's what that said. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. My Father is glorified by this, that you may bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Okay, another disclaimer. Don't try and bear a ton of fruit to prove you can be his disciples. That it's coming through you shows that you're disciples. Does it make sense? It's not, oh, I can bear fruit. Oh, I can bear fruit. All of you like type whatever personalities that already have a list from this sermon about how you're going to attack the world. It's not saying that you prove yourself through that. It's saying that just because of this communion, fruit's going to come out of you. Bro, it's coming out of you. And when it does, people, oh, that's a disciple, and you're my disciple. Does that make sense? All right. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. 
If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. And he, he has the authority to say that there, like, because he's about to do that. Does it make sense? Like, I'm about to die for you. You don't know it yet. You're going to fight it. You don't even want me to do it because you're clueless humans that I created. But I'm going to do it anyway. So that's why I have the authority. And he's only doing what the Father's telling him. So it's really this beautiful thing. No longer do I call you slaves or living tools, as it can be translated, Living tool is what a slave was. It's a living tool that gets a list and does a job, and there's nothing. It's just another list. No longer do I call you that, for a slave does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that, appointed you, that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. Let's just close our eyes. Father, I thank you that just through this room, we have access to an actual vine that is Jesus. And the very implications of that are that we need to be connected to it. And more so, you. And so in whatever way we need to prepare our hearts, like Sarah was saying, like this fertile soil, that you draw us into this space where we're dependent on you. So for some of us, it's going to be fear that we have to fight through. For some of us, it's going to be selfishness we got to hand over. For some of us, it's going to be your, our lack of belief that you're actually good. We just want to give those to you in Jesus' name right now. I always thought it was really interesting if fruit took on characteristics of a person and became a thought thing, like if a, an apple or whatever like lived a life, and it, it does, I guess, in its own way, but like if it had thoughts, it would probably be confused, a fruit, right? Because most fruits are like, I'm, and I'm not a, is it a botanist? Or is that when, what's a botanist? That's not when people cut off people's heads. Okay. I don't want to do that, and I don't want y'all to do that. But it would be confused, right? Because there's not like a ton of time awesome things are happening. There's seasons of like withering and like, slow growth. Even in this passage, the vine imagery here is talking about, like, in, in Jerusalem, their nation actually had a symbol they took on as a vine. It was like part of what you walked into the temple, and they actually had vines everywhere. It was just needed, and everybody kind of understood. But, I mean, for like a good fruit, it's like a good baseball player. Like three out of ten times, you're going to do something good, and seven out of ten, you're going to be terrible. But you're going to be an all-star. For a fruit, that would be confusing, right? Like, most of the time, you're not producing awesome stuff. In the first three years of a, tr like a vine that a gardener or a farmer, which is actually more appropriate for this translation, they wouldn't even let the vine produce fruit. So they would, before it was about to produce fruit, fruit clip the fruit, because in that early season, infancy season, the fruit would kill the vine. Because too much fruit would be like, too much. So for the first three years, no fruit, no fruit, no fruit. Fourth year, vines strong in that region. Fruit comes, right? But even on that, there's offshoots in wood 
that are sapping energy from the fruit, which is back to this wood stuff. The wood that would grow alongside the actual fruit would actually draw more water than the fruit. And so it had the ability to harm the fruit if it was allowed to keep growing. So pruning is that, cutting that off so that this can now be focused. Does that make sense? And so, okay, so for us, like, and this is the way that I really feel like God's trying to show me how to go forward. First things first, abiding in the, you want to talk about 2017 and your vision for your future, or even stuff that you're doing that he maybe did had nothing to do with. Like he had no plans in some of the stuff we created. But if it's good, we're like, God bless this, you know? And if it's bad, we're like, man. But some of the stuff that you're already building in your life, he's not even a part of. That's scary and also good because we can hand it to him. That's, that's the good part. But for me, the first thing's first. When people talk to me about like, how do I know what to do next? I'm dating this girl or this guy or this job. First thing's first, what is he saying to you? That implications of that question alone or are you connected with him? And if you're not, you don't need to worry about other stuff. As a believer, other stuff will be added if you seek him first. So if you have all the other things figured out, but you still aren't focused on the Lord speaking in your life, it's just you doing what you want. And we're not awesome enough for that. So the first thing I do, God, what are you saying right now? I feel confused. For 2017, for our church, I'm, I'm like super pumped. I'm not, I'm not going to hide that. I am probably more excited right now than I've ever been about what God's doing. But I don't, I'm not jumping on any train going towards any Awesomeville. I am slowing down. God, what are you saying? What are you saying for you? Is that question being asked? Is it being asked so much so that you'll give him space to respond? If you have a hard time hearing, God community is here to help that. Right? Like Joel Osteen's going to preach a great message this weekend, but that's not God community. Or whoever, Steen. You need to be able to sit across from brother and sister if you're struggling hearing from the Lord, God community, which is the house of the Spirit, and say, I don't even know. I think he might have said this. I'm clueless. What, what do y'all think? Draw people in. There's other ways than just did God audibly speak to you, which maybe for one in a million of us, we have that. But for most of us, it's like intent prayer, listening. It's not hearing audible things. But he does speak to us. If we want to hear, he will speak to us. If we don't want to hear, there's bigger things that need to happen. You're doing something on your own. One of the scariest things to me is I visited a friend in Charlotte, and that's like where all of the more trendy churches are than Atlanta. They're way more trendy, if you've not been there. It's the coolest area ever. There's, there are, are animals that have full beards in Charlotte. <laughs> Super cool beards. Um, so they took me to the site of where... Uh, Jim Baker used to have his ministry in Charlotte, which was the third most visited amusement park in America. And the other two are the ones you already know about. It was the third most visited one. It was, it was the beginning of televangelism, which we all know is the true answer for America. We're all on the same page with that, right? I'm just kidding. Sorry if you're a televangelist and you're here. Why are you here? <laughs> this is probably awful for you. Um, but so what happened was they did this telethon and 180,000 people gave $1,000. And then the first year they did like $20 million in, in like profit. They had 3,600 employees and then it went awful south. 
Like, and they took, my friend Teddy took me to show me the property. It is, if you wanted to have a, the best Halloween party you've ever had, you're going, and it's called Heritage USA, which is the creepiest title ever with what it is now, right? A storm came, Hurricane Hugo came, did some damage, nobody could rebuild it. So it's just this 360-acre property of the creepiest old rides ever. I have a few pictures. Can you pull up some of the pictures? So, so that's amazing. You guys want to go there with me? We can do like a field trip. Church trip, Heritage USA. Next one. And maybe ride on whatever that is. Is that a pool? So I don't say this to say this person's terrible. I don't know anybody that started this. But I know that we're about this far always from making decisions that lead to something like that. We're always about this far. We're, we're as far enough as not slowing down to listen to thinking that's an amazing idea. That's just a great idea, right? We got all this property. Why not have a telethon and raise a million dollars for this, right? Like, wait a second. We're all that, this close to that. When we start to think that we don't need God's voice in our life, when we start to think we don't need to be connected to him, this comes, all of us are going to have one of these, right? We're all going to have a sponsored park called Heritage USA, which literally means we're passing this on. Please do not pass that on, right? Because the heritage is already there through the vine, right? It's already there. So your first question when looking next steps, and our first question is, what is he saying to us? What is he saying to you? Don't make steps without that. The second thing I would say is before you jump onto another vine, as we like to do, there's fruit all over that vine, right? Like, and you're trying to go jump on it, and you're like, just a picture of you jumping on a vine that's not one that God had you on. What has he already given you right now that needs tending? Before you jump to the next best thing, which is so easy for us to do in America, because a lot of places are doing a lot of things that are great, right? Before you trash the vine that he's already got working, and you're maybe in a winter season, and it's just a good time for nourishment to be coming in, before you do that, before you decide, is he asking to tend what, what's already happening here? When I'm looking at, like specifically us, going to the future, I'm not trying to think what we can become in 2017. I'm thinking, what have you given us to steward? What, if, what, has been, what is a gift to our community that we steward? What are the skills in our lives, personally, that you, you're asking me to steward? Maybe he's not asking you to throw in the towel on something. So this idea of pruning, he's saying to this group, you know, like, this is Jesus talking. I'm going to prune. It's going to be uncomfortable, but it's going to end up being healthy. But don't just jump ship. And I'm not even talking about RCC. I don't feel like a lot of you are trying to jump ship. That's not, there's not like a secret motivation. I'm just saying in life, when it doesn't seem summery and seems more wintry, there's seasons for that, right? Now, if you've been in a winter season forever, 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 there's questions that need to be had, right? Because we know that with him being the gardener and us being connected to him, it's not probable that fruit will come. It is definitive that fruit will come. It, it, would, it would be impossible for fruit not to come. So if your winter season has been a forever season, let's gather together as God community and just pray into that. Let's talk about what's happening. Let's, let's figure out, is there something? Is there a UGB? You guys remember that? You go through a youth series on ungodly beliefs? <laughs> UGBs? Maybe that's just me. Maybe there's some UGBs in there. 
Maybe you think that Christianity is about you becoming the next star. Or maybe you think that Christianity means that you're supposed to be a slave still. You're not supposed to be a living tool, especially for a church. And most specifically for Jesus. He calls you friend. That's the label in this passage calls you friend. And it's actually pointing to what they would do in the empires. There would be a select group of people that hung around the king, the king's friends, that had access when others did not have access. There would be a chamber for this group of people to have access to the king. So it's not just an Israel Houghton song that we all sang for a hundred years. You guys remember that song? I am a friend of God. By the end of that, you're like, I don't, I'm not a friend anymore. If we're going to play this song, like, let's do something different. But there was a literal chamber for people to have special access to a king, and those were called the king's friends. You're not a slave anymore. You're not a living tool. You don't need to figure out for 2017 how to conquer your year. You don't need eight-minute abs, okay? You don't, that's not the way you enter. That's not the way, you, that's not the way we're going to vision cast as a church. We're going to try and set up scenarios where we create space that you can be with your father and that we can do that together. Because whether we like it or not, if we're connected to the vine as a church, this church will produce fruit. 100%. I believe that. In your life, if you are connected to the vine, your life will produce fruit. You, you would have a hard time stopping it. And when people see fruit, what do they do? They eat it. I told you guys stories about when I was in rehab. One of the first things they did was they took us out into the wilderness in Utah. They made us fall asleep. We fell asleep. That was kind of, kind of <laughs> we just fell asleep. They woke us up in the middle of the night and they said, you're going on a hike. You've all heard this. I'm just, I'm trying to get to a point. Just fall, go with me. We hiked. We didn't eat for two days because that was the way it was. A, my parents put me in, I guess it was a loving environment where they didn't feed their, their children. So thank you parents for, that are in the room. Um, and so anything sounded good. We were literally like, that mushroom looks amazing. And I, we, would, we would eat it. Maybe not for the reason that it looked good, but it was a mushroom. And we were all in rehab. So throw us a bone, okay? So it's two days in, they come with food for the first time. And it's apples. That's all they have is apples. And if I were here now and you showed up with apples, I'd be like, seriously? This is, this is who I am to you? Apples? It was the best food I have ever had. Two days, no food, give me an apple. I, I would venture to say any, any God fruit, that, and I, that's, like, that's not a spiritual thing, it's just things that come from the earth that we didn't, we're not in charge of. It was better than anything I've ever had. When we produce fruit, staying connected to the vine, that's the effect that it has on a society, a community, a family. That's what it's like. God's fruit in our lives is not just for us to house a bunch of fruit in here, like last night we were giving away fruits and vegetables and we had too much left over and we knew we had to give them away because if we don't, these fruits are going to rot, right? We don't want our fruit to rot. So we said, come get free fruit and eat it now. And that's the nature of fruit. But it's on a vine that continually produces it, right? That's us connected to Jesus. Amen? That's preachable, I think. So next thing, I'm going to say this is cheesy, love lesson. So first thing, connected to God. Second thing, stewarding is the pruning process. It's taking care of what's God given you. Third thing is love listen. I just made that up this morning. It's this. You know that you're listening to God. You know that the pruning, you're, you're available to be pruned. You're willing to give things up. You're willing to let things grow. You're, you're not trying to just jump ship. The third thing is now listen to what's around you. Love listen. This passage talks about don't forget to love your brother as I've loved you. Abide in me as, as I do that. You do it with your brother. 
It's pointing us into now that I'm speaking to you and you're a fruitful vine, there's going to be a culture around you that has needs that you will be able to produce for, that you will be just in the, you don't have to create this huge thing. It's just the nature, it's us in Carriage House, it's us in Campbell High School, it's us realizing in the setting where we're living in God's we're walking with him. He's producing these opportunities for our city and our church to step in. And fruit is being birthed and eaten in your area, in your life. What is calling out to you? I need you. What's calling out saying, and love in its very essence is selfless giving. What in your life? So when you're looking at 2017, it's another thing to think about. Where is it already? Don't create this thing where you become the next best catalyst speaker. You don't have to do that. Forgive us, again, for making you feel like there's a pressure to become something super awesome and be trendy and have your own channel. It's not the, that's not the point. We're fruit producers that go into this world and people eat on that fruit and fall in love with Jesus. I, I met somebody this morning, and they're here in this room, and forgive me if this puts you in a weird spot. I'm not going to say your name, but they said, I was at a thing last night. Man, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm already in it. <laughs> Sorry. They just said, I've, I've dabbled in a lot of different religions looking, they're just looking, and that's a good thing. I think we all should get to a spot where we're looking and not just absorbing what was given. And they said, I met some people last night. I have never in my life seen anything like that. And it was in a good way. They weren't like, I ain't never seen nothing like that. They were like, I don't know. And it so much softened their heart that they came to a room with a bunch of people who were us. So it's kind of like they're, they're lost. Just kidding. You guys are awesome. But that's what happens, right? The fruit is that good, and the, the environment around you starts to say, how, and you start to ask questions, how can I love selflessly? Right? Don't figure out how to be the best you next year. Put down the books and pick up the book. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> that's good, though. That's good preaching. Amen? See what I'm saying? Pick up the book. <laughs> that's good. I mean, I mean it, though. But that's loaded. Amen. And then the next thing is dream. Like there's this thing where ask whatever in my name. If you're in God, if your pruning process is there, you're not just trying to flee. If you're love listening, dream. You're allowed to be like, okay, God, help us to impact all of Campbell High School. God, help us to have a, please let there be a place in Smyrna that we could just move people in to love people well. Let us impact this community. It's got to be in line with God. It can't be about you. God, I'd love to hear those things. That's also in your vision planning for next year. You can ask things that are big and dream things that are big in accordance to his will. But it's going to be him that produces the fruit always. You're not an awesome thing outside of him. So don't write a book about being an apple tree. I'm sorry for the, if there's an apple in here. It's nothing personal to you today. There's been a lot of apple talk. I love apples. So... So long story short today, and we're still good on time. Here's some questions for you to actually wrestle with this week. What is he saying to you right now? Not what did he say to you 50 years ago. What is he saying to you right now? If I'm you, I'm writing this down, unless it just stays in your mind. What is he saying to you right now? That's so big. You remember at the beginning of the year, we did a, like, I guess it was a series on creating space, and we talked about the vision for this church this year would be that we created a space to hear and know God and people would be healthy. And it was from Psalm 1, and I'm going to read you this. It's been a little while. 
coming in a second. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law, and, and the law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in its season, and its leaves does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. Same talk, right? Like the same kind of talk. The wicked chaff are not so, but they are like chaff which the wind drives away or is burned in a fire. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And he calls us to be righteous. He gives us his righteousness. And so for you, there's got to be time right now where you give him space 100%. And this doesn't count for all of it. This isn't your God moment for the week, right? This is beautiful. I believe this is one of the most biblical things that can happen. And I believe that out of this, more can happen than when you're on your own, 100%. Community fighter. I'll always fight for that. But if this is it, if this is all you got, you're not really understanding the vine stuff. You're not really understanding the meditate day and night stuff. You're not really understanding the be present with Jesus stuff. You're not really understanding what he did in the, in the Gospels, how he was with people continually and how he wants to be with you continually, how you have access to the, the throne of God. Like you have access to be that friend in that room at all times. Like that's, that's big for your development. And so... In just a moment, I'm going to do something stupid and give you an opportunity to share some things because I always do that. But the first thing I want to just share, if I'm here and you wanted to hear about some next steps, for RCC, there's a couple things we're feeling pretty, pretty confident about. The first thing is this, and I actually believe this from, I believe he spoke this to me this week about that we would see much fruit next year. Uh, I just believe that as a church, he spoke that if you remain, with, if you remain in me, that this church is going to see a lot of fruit. I don't know what kind of fruit. There's a lot of pe fruity people here, which is great, but I believe that. I believe that if we, stay, if we remain in him, create space, and make him first, I just believe we're going to see a lot of fruit, and, and it's just because that's his word. So we also believe that we should be gathered around spiritual formation, that this year will be our most strongly emphasized year where we gather together around the word, around him, and around developing. Sarah is actually in the process of developing something we're calling we don't know what we're calling it, but the idea is gathering people, specifically women, together at the beginning of the year in groups of threes and fours, but maybe a total of 12, and they come together and they kind of meditate together, pray together, sin together. We're kind of sensing that that's where God is taking us, to, to be more about these like equippings in smaller settings, around the, not just around ping pong, okay? Ping pong's great. Not just around fun conversation. That's great too. I love that but around spiritual formation and development, that we would become disciples and that we would see much fruit. So some of the practical ways we're going to see that is we feel strongly that we should start working on a youth, a youth program, not a program, a youth gathering. After Campbell High School, like, it was amazing. And we feel like we're supposed to pray into the starting of some youth stuff, not just middle school, but high school too at our church, which is, I think we should clap for that maybe. It's cool. Um, so financially, we're, we're still going to continue to preach one strong message a year on generosity, where we don't twist your arm into tithing. I think that's kind of pointless if we're twisting your arm into something anyway. It's, it's already not working. 
but we believe strongly in the generosity, so we're going to continue to do that. Practically speaking, our kids, like you've heard, we've run out of space again. We just tore down walls. I was certain today that we would be empty because I'm always certain we're going to be empty until you show up, and then I'm like, why are they here? But So we've got a deal in place with Buckhead Prep that whenever we need to kind of deck out their space for whatever we need in terms of kids' ministry, we can do whatever we want. They, have empty, they literally have like eight empty large rooms over there. We have the space, which is crazy. Um, we have space in here. Like, we can grow up to 300 people in here. Easy. And take out Mark's seat over there. It's Mark, everybody back there. <laughs> take out the bookshelf. It's pretty, but so we're, we're not in a bad spot. Um, but these are some of the things we're thinking of next year. Do we think God's put stuff on your heart that we haven't even heard about? Absolutely. If you don't see it and it's in your heart, does that mean you're stupid? No. The people who do the best things for a group like us feel a burden and then begin to pray about it and then begin to ask how God can that happen. If that's you and you see a hole at RCC, welcome to the club of seeing holes at RCC. I'm actually the president of this whole club. But we are who we are and God develops things in his time. We're not going to speed stuff up to compete with Macy's. We're River City Church and family sloppy. That's good. That's good. We don't want to be a five-star experience. We want to be a family experience. And all of us know this week we're going to be around some family. That's crazy. You're about to, you're about to do it. This is the week. That's what church should be, right? That's why in a minute when I say if God's been working on a dream in your heart, you've got 10 seconds to talk about what it is, and somebody's going to say something that's crazy and theologically way off, and we're not going to be like, seize them! <laughs> Speaker of bad theology. This is a family. Like, we don't seize a family member for being an idiot. There's plenty of them, and most of them are in the room, and I'm one. So, so we see family. Like, is our next year is family. And, but really quickly, though, I am going to give you just a snapshot. I'm talking 10 seconds from your seat. If you sense God doing something, and you're kind of in this flow of God community, being with God, stewarding, and you're excited about what he's leading into in relation to his will, not ours. I'm going to give you just, you can just say it. And I don't care if you go to our church or not. It can be for you and your life. And the reason I think it's beautiful to do this is because when somebody might say something that strikes a light bulb in someone else, that can form a conversation that we're not facilitating. You just got to be big boys and girls, okay? You got to pull on your talking pants. Everybody's got to put them on in the morning. You got to walk over and say, hey, you, what you said about... Helping whatever, that struck a chord in my heart. Does it make sense? So 10 seconds, 15 seconds. It's going to be awkward, but I'm good with that if y'all are. So Father, I just want to pray a prayer of blessing over your people, ascending, sending full. I pray that, God, that we would this week slow down enough to hear you, that we would let you prune and make healthy, that we would love listen, and that we would dream with you. We don't have to wait till January 1st, God. We don't have to wait. We can do that right now. So as they go, Father, I pray that you would bless them, that you would go before them, you would fill them, and that you would produce fruit through them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just a reminder, if you're going to stay in here, just keep in mind people are going to be kind of praying and stuff. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.